There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. I'm Sean Fangirl S. Joining me today is Miss Jennifer. Hello. Hi everybody. We are talking Handmaid's Tale today. So, I know you guys have probably heard the first three that we talked about. It is really getting even crazier, which... After watching this and all the feels that I've had for the first three episodes, how can it get crazier? Oh, it does. It does. <laughs> but we are in episode four, and the title of this one is, and I'm going to probably screw this up because I thought it was in Spanish. Turns out it's in Latin. No. But Spanish is Latin root, uh, a Latin-rooted language, so. I still feel I'm going to screw it up. Yeah. So, no, Oh, God, this is the part. Car- Carborundorum. <laughs> Basically, okay. That's how I would say it, but only because I speak Spanish. Yeah, I can, I can ask for another beer. But anyway, <laughs> translated, which we find out in this episode, is not even a full translation. It's basically, don't let the bastards grind you down. I loved that. I do, too. But this is what I seen, and I think we talked about it first or second episode, or both, actually, um, when I was at New York Comic Con last year. And this is what was written, and I think there were stickers, so because I hope there were stickers, in all of the women's bathrooms. Oh, wow. It was on, like, on the stall doors. Oh, that's so appropriate. Yes. So nobody seen it until you were inside. And then I think there was one or two bathrooms had it on the, the mirror. places where women would go. Right. Talk. So I'm like, okay, what? Because I couldn't figure out what that was. So I didn't know anything about the book. Well, I knew about the book, but I didn't know anything about any kind of titles or if this was in there. And I finally had to take a picture. And I'm like, what is this? What does this say? And then it turns out it was all about handmaids. And I'm like, okay, this is the best marketing because it it was not in the men's bathroom. Because I asked my husband, I'm like, was it in there, any of those? He goes, no, there's nothing He's yep. like, are you sure somebody just didn't write it? And I'm like, no, somebody just didn't write it in there. It wouldn't be in the men's bathroom. That is so Handmaid's Tale. So, yes, this is in the book. Okay. So it was great, and it this was a really heartbreaking. We had a lot of, like, different flashbacks, so it was just killing me. Mm-hmm. It was heartbreaking. Because this one opens up. We are in the past of Galid, because mm-hmm. Luke, Luke and... June are at a carnival with the baby with Hannah just remembering everything and talking about that moment you know how Hannah's missing it we should wake her up and she was all sticky from cotton candy and just the lights and how sweet it was at the carnival and then offer and then offers like no 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 I can't do this I'll get lost in my memories and I'll end up losing it this is how people lose their shit I've got to stop I have to stop yes and I was just like wow and we find out she's been exiled to her room for 13 days. 
And the windows are shuttered, too. Yeah, the windows are shuttered. She's not locked in because her door doesn't even fully close, but she dares not go out unless she's told because she knows exactly who's in control and they will not let her forget it. Yes, because obviously you've seen episode three and how pissed Serena Joy was Mm -hmm. that she wasn't pregnant. And I'm sorry, I'm still standing by what I said last episode, that Mm -hmm. Serena Joy should have been pissed at Aunt Lydia for chasing her because, honestly, if it was very, very early in the pregnancy, that, you know, frickin' cattle prod. Yeah, oh yeah. No, that would have totally, totally caused her to lose the baby. Especially when, even if you do get pregnant in this world of of the, the book and TV series, that it is so very hard to bring a healthy child into the world, even if you do manage to get pregnant. Right. So, yeah. So, any kind of stress like that? Yeah, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an absolute miracle that children make it into this world anyway. I've been pregnant twice. Um, Both were high-risk pregnancies. And, you know, you you do what a mother does, and you get those big, thick books of what to expect when you're expecting, and you flip through them all, and you learn all the things that could possibly go wrong. And then, you, you know, oh, but it's this wonderful, natural, you know, your body just knows what to do thing. And I'm like... Um, no, I'm scared as hell because I just read about the 50,000 things that can go wrong. So I think that being able to, number one, get pregnant, grow a human being inside your body, <laughs> nothing go wrong, and the baby come out perfect with 10 toes and 10 fingers and no health conditions, I think it's an absolute miracle. So I can only imagine in this world of Gilead that when babies don't, you know, they're, they're number one rare, and even if you do have one, they could come out with serious problems. A healthy baby would be even more cherished. So, yeah, she should have been way more pissed when she got cattle prodded. Oh, yeah. I, I completely agree. Like I said, that just, it made me mad. Just the thought, especially when Serena Joy actually, like, pushes them away, and she's like, she's pregnant, which we didn't know if she was or not. Yeah. But right then... I think they should have, like, frog-locked Aunt Lydia out and been like, all right, you know, if she doesn't have that baby. I mean, if if it were me, if I had been offered the, and I was the handmaid and they didn't know that I – because I don't think she had her period until maybe the next day or something. Right. I would have – pretended that I had a miscarriage. I you know, I would have done, you know, I would have I would have gone deep into the drama and I would have pointed the the finger at the aunt who who electrocuted me and there there would be a stoning. Yeah. <laughs> because I'd be a salty bitch in this world, okay? <laughs> yeah, but I think we already discussed that you and I probably wouldn't have made it to this stage. Yes, but she didn't. She doesn't do that, and she's just like, oh, I got my period, and she. That's why she's being exiled in this episode. I just feel bad for her, you know. And we don't know what has happened because she's sitting there, and like I said, the windows are shuttered, and she's trying to like stick her finger out just to get like sun. Yeah, just to kind of see a little sunlight on her skin, and you know, maybe see something interesting going on. And then she's like, okay, there are things in this room to discover. And she ends up going to the closet and somehow sees something down towards the bottom of the inside wall. And that's where she finds the carving. Uh, and she considers it a message to her from the last Offred. And she wonders, well, who were you? Why did you write this? Well, I'm really glad that you did because at least I know I'm not alone. Right. 
And then we, we cut to that scene back in the Red Center where you see June and Mora talking through the hole in the bathroom stall at the Red Center. And Moria has made this toilet part shiv, <laughs> and she's using it to, like, carve in Aunt Lydia sucks. <laughs> Which she says something about if you're caught, they're going to take your hand. Yeah. I was yeah, like, holy cow, not even, like, they're going to take a finger or something. They take your whole hand. They take your whole hand. And so and she's like, it'll be worth it. And we we realized that whoever made the carving in Offred's room, the, the other Offred, had to be incredibly brave to do something like that as well. Because if she'd been found writing at all, I mean, it's forbidden to read or write as a woman in this new world that they would have taken her hand. Because you don't need a hand in order to have babies. Right. You don't need both eyes in order to have ba- babies. We've seen this. So. Yes. You know what I found weird it just caught my attention like how her limited amount of like clothing and shoes oh yeah there was like two pairs of shoes i think there were six dresses she's got like one sweatshirt sweater kind of red thing that she wear on rainy days i guess and there was like two two of the wings the big Mm -hmm. thing and then obviously you couldn't tell how many of the little bonnets underneath it but i was like it was very specific what they had yeah there wasn't a whole lot. No, and I just thought it was kind of strange. And we do get a look at Serena's closet in later episodes, and you, you'll be surprised at how limited it is as well. Oh, okay. Well, after our flashback, we're back in the day, in the today, now, forward? Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're in their uh, their dining room, and we see the commander on the computer reading Internet news, which... I wasn't sure, like, how far back we kind of went with our technology. Right. So apparently he still is able to, you know, read and use technology. The women aren't, clearly. And uh, there's a U.N. embargo. Which I thought was really interesting. And and an aunt has escaped into Canada and has done an interview. And Serena Joy is very, like, into it. Well, you know, we just have to discredit her. You know, don't don't deny anything she's saying, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, whoa, 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 calm down. We've got good men working on it. And she just kind of deflates. Right. But I guess, too, when when she starts, I don't even know how to say this, because the commander, he kind of looks at it. Like, at first, it seems like he's, He's going to listen to her and talk about it a little. Yeah. And then when she starts having an idea, which I know that sounds, it sounds horrible saying that out loud, but she has yeah, this she idea to discredit. line there, yeah. It's like, don't discredit what she's saying. Like you said, just go after her personally. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I thought an aunt would have, you know, be more loyal than that. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, he kind of shoots her down and she's like oh i guess that's just me being naive and i'm like you know you had already warned me that at some point we're gonna feel bad for her yeah and you're gonna feel really bad in a couple of episodes because you're gonna you're gonna find out why she is so vocal in that instance and then why she gets shut down oh this is gonna kill me to want to have any feelings for her (laughs) that's coming that is not a throwaway scene that is a very important scene and of course martha who finds offred on the floor 
uh, and offered, you know, oh, I must have fainted when I got up to get dressed. Uh, you know, I feel fine. I wouldn't want to worry anyone. But the Martha definitely tells the Waterfords on her. And, oh, no, she'll be fine. She's just faking. And then the Martha, well, the ceremony is tonight. And then and she's like, fine, we'll take her to the doctor. Like, she's a dog or something. Right. <laughs> and the commander just, was actually more concerned. Yeah. And that's where it's like, oh, why? Why are you so concerned? Yeah. I mean, I know this is supposed to be the vessel that carries your seed, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you, um, yeah, in... Yeah, we learn in this episode. We learn in this episode kind of what he needs, and in later episodes as well, to what extent he actually, what his needs are. <laughs> I, say. I um, know you're like, I can't say I it. Can't say it. <laughs> okay, but I, we did find out, and I don't know if you maybe missed it, or our Martha... Her name is Rita. They yes. actually say her name, which yes. I thought they didn't do that with any of them, but apparently they do. I guess Rita is, is well-liked enough, trusted enough. Maybe Rita was a maid for them before or something. I, I don't know, but I did find that odd as well because she is the she and Nick are the only ones who get called by their old world names. Okay. Or maybe it's because they have more than one Martha, and so they have to distinguish them. I, I don't know, but oh, I did find, I found it weird. Uh, we see Offred then getting dressed, and she's, like, super excited because she's like, it's, it's, if I walk really slow, take a long way, it's like an hour both ways, an hour of sunshine and rain and air. Fresh air, flowers, and... She was yeah. just so happy. And then Serena comes in, and she's like, the car's outside. She's like, no, I can walk. And she's like, no, no you're sick. sick. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to slap her there. Oh, and then did you notice that, like, okay, Offer gets into the car, and she's, like, immediately, like, relieved just to be out of that house. And Serena kind of, like, jumps in the front seat and, like, rolls up that little, like, privacy glass between the, the front and back seat. So, you know, that there's no way that she is going to get human contact Which at all. Which I think Nick was even surprised. Yeah, Nick was looking like, what are you doing, crazy lady? <laughs> and I have a question for you. Uh-huh. I didn't notice this previously unless I just wasn't paying attention. When they were in the car, they had like red curtains blocking the light, blocking all yep. the windows. Yep. Was that like that previously or just because she's in there now? I wondered that as well, and I'm going to have to look when I rewatch some of the episodes because we do see other members being transported in the car. But I did notice that there were red, red um curtains for for her so i'm going to watch when i watch again to see if they do indeed change the curtains to kind of designate who's inside the car okay that's what i was starting to wonder and actually oh actually i'll talk about my my other question a little later but i'll get back to it let's put a pin i have another big question coming up but let's come back to the, the now with the now which is actually a flashback we're back at the red center Mm -hmm. And we see girls in twos laying on the beds like we see in the ceremonies. And, like, they're yep. learning what the ceremony is. And this is the first time that they're realizing that they are actually going to be having sex with the commanders. Yeah, and, they're basically going to be raped. Right. But it's a wonderful ritual. Right. Because it, it's like they all thought. You know, in vitro insemination, whatever. And it's like, oh, right, whatever. Like turkey baster or something. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> And Moira's the one like, wait a minute, we're going to have 
sex with them. And you have Janine being a little crazy. She's like, we're flowers. I know. I love that part. I'm like, that's so Janine. It's beautiful. I really like it. We're flowers. It's like, Janine, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but Aunt Lydia goes through the whole, you know, Bible passage that they say before every episode. Although she went, I felt like she went a little more in depth with it. Yeah, there's like, and and she laid upon her knee or something like yes. that. And blah, blah, blah. So, so there's biblical reasons as to why they even position the bodies the way they do for the ceremony. So I the guess. fact that they're taking it completely literal yep. creeps me out more. I don't know why. Well, they're taking the, the eye for an eye, um, literally um, hand, you know, if you're caught stealing, that they whip your feet if you try to. I mean, true biblical style punishments are being doled out in this society so they they are very they're taking it very very literally it's it's really disturbing yeah that is his word right is what they said so then we come back to offred's present let me put it that way instead of me getting confused i watch way too much time travel stuff (laughs) Uh, she's at the doctor's office and she's just kind of you know thinking about everything they take her back and it's an armed guard that takes her in the back. It's like, what is it with these armed guards just everywhere? Everywhere. It's like you're in, gosh, we went to Chiapas, which is in southern Mexico, and they ride around, the police ride around fully, like, armor SWAT gear with machine guns in the back of pickup trucks, and they patrol the towns. I think we stayed in Palenque, and that was not an uncommon sight. So that's what made me think of it. But they're everywhere. Like, every young man who was available has been drafted into the service of the eye and was given a gun and and riot gear, basically. Yeah, it, it just kind of, if you weren't freaked out in general about the world that they're in, that would have to freak you out. Oh, yeah, it's total martial law, and anyone who resists or you know, tries to do anything. And I guess there is a war going on. As I was rewatching it, they do mention there's a war going on. There's rebels that they have to suppress. And also the UN has an embargo on Gilead. And, and I think Serena says, oh, well, it's only a matter of time before they realize that's economically infeasible or something like that. So, yeah, it's the little nuances of this world where you're like, okay, what would happen if martial law were indeed enacted? This is what society would look like, people. Right. I hope you're watching. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And and we've talked about different religions going kind of back and forth and how this is just like a crazy mirror to the wor- world. Well, warped mirror, but it's still a mirror. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, it's taking basically a handful of passages in the Bible and basing the entire government structure under literal translation of that and making that law. It's almost like Sharia law, but Jacobian law because it's Jacob and Rachel. I didn't even think about it that well. I thought, yeah, this is like really crazy, super strict, like Sharia law. And I was just thinking like crazy theology is taking over or theocracy. But yeah, Jacobian, that's really interesting. I didn't think about it that way. Did you ever you watch you watched Lost, right? Yeah. Okay, so the others were led by ah. Jacob. And what could they not do in the village? No one could get pregnant. Okay, you know what? <laughs> you need to quit like quit putting all these 
different puzzle pieces in there for me because that would really so, be yeah, a that was, Yeah, That's I, interesting, I, though. I, yeah, I never even would have would have thought about it that way. Just for all the Lost fans out there. <laughs> well, let's go back to the doctor's office. We have... Yes. Doctor's visit. Uh, oh, God. I'm going to screw up the name. Chris, Christian Brun? He's from Orphan Black, another show that we talk yeah. about. Yes, I love it. But you don't know who he is at first because everything is done behind a curtain. Yes, this white curtain screen. It's very kind of, I don't know, weird. It was because obviously he's looking at her goody bits, okay? Let's put it that way. But he's a doctor. He's supposed to. But it's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's he's like, oh, it's raining. Oh, it's good for my tomatoes. You can talk to me. I'm a good listener, which I don't know about you, but I'd be like, <laughs> red flag. Yeah, red flag. Now I'm not saying shit to you. You're an I. You're just trying to, you know, catch me. I mean, you cannot trust anyone. No. In this world at all. I mean, even if they truly are trying to help, how can you possibly trust them? And then he kind of, he peeks around and says, you know, Waterford's probably sterile anyway. I could help you out. It'd only take a minute, honey. And at that point, I'm just so enraged and horrified because she's laying there basically in the stirrups, exposed. Right. And she's like, um, um, no, that would be too dangerous. Right. But what made me wonder, because she's saying sterile, that's not a word that's used. It's forbidden. Yes. Men don't, sterile men don't exist. Right. It's always the women's fault. And And I'll give you a nice fun tidbit from the book that will not spoil anything. But at one point in the past, when all of the toxic stuff was happening, you know, and the declining birth rates, that men of power were poisoned uh, through caviar by the Russians to make them sterile. Really? Yep. Oh, that's... I love history. <laughs> history bits. if we ever get that in the television series. Okay. It's really interesting. My question to you here, how many women has this doctor helped, in quotes? Well, I think he's probably helped quite a few. And he has helped one that we know as viewers of the show who will be revealed later on. Now, if you backtrack, because that's an interesting thing. I haven't gotten there, obviously. There's pictures on the wall. Mm -hmm. And you see all of the commander's wives because they're all in the blue green Mm -hmm. holding babies. I didn't count how many there were, but I was starting to wonder if those are all the ones he's helped. I wondered that, too, and I'm, I'm probably like, mm, they, you know, they probably are actually his. Ah, uh, skeevy, though. Yeah. Because you don't know, we don't know what's happening going forward, and then what if they end up, like, getting together? Oh, okay, weird. I'm going to stop right there. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I don't want to think about it. <laughs> very, very, yeah, it's a very, very weird position to be put in, and I got to give it to Elizabeth Moss in this scene, the just look of abject terror. And she didn't have to say a word. You knew exactly what was going through her mind as she's trying to make the decision of, do I let this guy help me or not? Do I trust him? And, you know, and she's like, and she's horrified and, and, you know, very close to losing her shit and, and just everything you see in the eyes. And I'm just like, oh, my God, give her all the awards, all of them (laughs) right now right now we've seen this so far 
like we said, we've seen anger, we've seen rage, we've seen just all of it, and it's it gets we get more because this next scene when she's back in the car, she's remembering the carnival again and just everything that was before she's trying this. She comfort herself, I think, at that point, and then she's like, nope, nope, I can't fall into this trap, and that's when she really loses her shit when she's in the confines of the car, and even Nick notices with the the glass up and everything that she's back there. She's hitting stuff. She's screaming. She's hitting. She because right before she started, she's like, "Mommy loves you. Mommy loves you." And then she uh-huh. just, yeah, loses it. And She was going a little Janine there. She was going a little Janine. Um, and then she kind of, you know, pulls it back together enough when, you know, Nick, you know, is trying to, you know, help her out of the car. And he's like, you know, I feel really sorry about everything. And I, I wish. And she's like, what, what, what do you wish? You can't do anything. What do you wish? You're a guy. You're just as guilty as all these other bastards for oppressing me so well, yeah, yeah he couldn't say anything because he's part of that world whether it was freely or not and i kind of feel like it was more free will on his part than not yeah and we still don't know is he working for the eye is he working for the rebels is he a double agent we still do not know that information about nick and whether he can be trusted or not yeah i'm still on the fence yeah, I, I'm, I don't know that I would trust anybody. Like, I'd just be like, nope, I trust no one. Nope. <laughs> right, especially knowing that, you know, Auckland was taken and you you thought it was okay, but, I mean, you don't know what happened to her. And it's yeah. scary. Yep. Uh, just, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she goes back in the house. She's gotten herself together, at least. Goes back in the house, and you hear the knitting needles. So uh-huh. Serena's knitting, and Offred's like, I know I failed you. I disappointed you and myself. Please let me out. And she says, I'm so very, very sorry. And she's like, go back to your room. It's like, God, Serena. Yeah, she's just, mm, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, Serena, Joy. But another flashback. And I'm loving these flashbacks because we're at mm-hmm. least getting this backstory. And the way that they do the flashbacks, it's so that, the things that are relevant in the here and now of, you know, Offred's reality ties directly back to what happened, this incident at the Red Center or, you know, something that happened before all of this started happening in the past past. And so I like how they've taken, because the book is not organized in the same way. It's more of just a, here's a stream of consciousness and I'm just going to tell you my story as I start thinking of things. Um and what the television series does that I really like is they take those moments and they reorganize them a little bit so that the story is more cohesive and has a theme more or less for each episode. Okay. Well, like I said, Red Center, Moira. First of all, who doesn't like Moira at this point? I love her. She's so great. <laughs> uh, they managed to catch Aunt Elizabeth, take mm-hmm. her down like to the boiler room, get her to yep, change with, her clothes. Uh, and interestingly enough, you know, she has to strip down her, her underwear, which it's very strange. And I want to say very Mormon-like, because I know they have to have, like, specific underwear, at least certain yes. sex of them. Yes. The the underwear is kind of like the magical undergarments that Mormons wear. I know this because I watched Big Love. <laughs> Not from experience, but if there are Mormons out there listening, I mean, tell us if we're wrong. But yes, I would say that they would be, they closely resemble Mormon undergarments. 
And it's like, yeah, layers of it. So it's like, first of all, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's like, yeah. I'm thinking I'm hot when it's not even really hot outside. I'm thinking that's a lot of layers. And really they did because as Aunt Aunt, uh, Elizabeth was taking everything off, I'm like, how many layers of clothing does she have on? And like the weird things that I noticed, but it's like, it's like five layers of clothes and I would be sweating Every single person in in this show makes me burn up. Like, I want to put a tank top on and blast the, the AC down to 65 because they have on layer upon layer upon layer of clothing. I'm like, it cannot be that cold. It cannot be. This looks like wool, too. It's probably itchy. I don't know. But yeah. they, they figure out, okay, we're going to get out of the, the red center because Moira's acting as an aunt, and she's yes, pretty forceful. The, the important thing she says, I could kill you right now. I could take an eye. It's an eye for an eye, remember? But just remember that I didn't, should it ever come to it. Uh, and I thought that was interesting. I do, too, because she was very specific what she could do. Mm-hmm. And what I, what else I thought was interesting, as they're leaving the Red Center, you have one of the guards saying, where are you taking this handmaid? And she's like, open the gate, and they just do it. And she's, like, shocked. She's like, wow, that worked. Right. It's like, oh, shit, all right. She's like, just keep your eyes down. Don't look at anyone. Look humble. Yes, look humble. Uh, and they notice that there's no street signs. Yes, like, they're being taken down as they're even walking into the subway. They don't know exactly where they are in relation to the old world that they knew. Things look so different. This is basically the first time they've been outside since going to the Red Center, I think. Yes, because we also see... Again, all of the guys with the guns. Mm-hmm. We see a whole area, which I thought it was a building. It might be something else, just a whole set of gallows, because there were several people hung. Mm-hmm. We see somebody, well, several somebodies, carting off bodies. And then we see them burning books and art and basically any paperwork. Yep. I'm like, what the hell is happening? This is craziness. It is our first glimpse into how this civilization came to be and the things and they went to and to the, the extremes they went to in order to kind of accomplish the things that they have done. And I kind of wish they would tell us how quickly this all happened, but I feel like it has to be super quick because Moira even says, there's safe houses. We we got to go. There's safe houses in the city. We'll just get there. It'll be fine. Yeah, I want to say in the book, the transition from, okay, er, this is the United States of America. Everything is A-OK. And then there's the terrorist attack on Congress that kills all the leaders, basically. And it was a pretty swift, okay, let's take all of the, let's, no women can have jobs. Let's take over and say no one can no women can read or write let's enact this very quickly so that they have less chance to resist and so i believe in the book it happens in under a week and it's scary wow yes that is crazy now, of course now of course there are still there's a war going on and there are rebels and and like we said in an, another episode chicago is raising hell <laughs> and not submitting but um in the book i want to say they are near Harvard, where Harvard would have been. And the big wall at Harvard is where they hang all the people. Okay. And and that's what it says in the book. I don't know if that's true in the show. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, 
It's a little disturbing. And then what's more disturbing is they're down in the subway and they figure, okay, Moira's going to go ask which one goes to Boston because they'll get there. It's fine. But because June is just standing there by herself. I think if they'd gone together, it would have been okay. But because June kind of hung back, yeah. Yeah, because they're supposed to have their partner and Mm -hmm. Moira finds out. But they didn't know that, though. Oh, I know that, and that's there's so much they didn't that's know. That's scary. And then Moira, as the aunt, ends up it's looking good. back at her right as the train gets there, and she gets on because June just kind of shakes her head, just like go, go. Yeah. yeah. And you see her being taken away as Moira goes past on the train, and I'm like, this is heartbreaking because you know something bad's gonna happen. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. what it is, we find out she gets taken back. They strap her to a table, and mm-hmm. Aunt Elizabeth comes in. You know, yep. Aunt Elizabeth, they didn't do the everything they could have done to you. Yeah. She whips her feet till they're bloody, and with, I don't even know what that was. I, I have no idea, but it looked painful. It did. <laughs> and she can barely walk, and, you know, they, they put her in her bed, and then I love this the shot where all the handmaids are kind of walking by her bed, and they each leave a little memento, or token as they pass her bed, like, we're with you, sister. We're sorry you didn't make it out. Just a little bit of food, because it didn't look like they were bringing her anything either. Yeah, yeah, and most of it was, like, little pieces of food, and I think some were, like, a little flour or something, And because I'm sure they didn't feed her. No, and you're not exactly going to walk after that. No, no. (laughs) So, yes, that was, like, heartbreaking. But it gets a little weirder, and we're Mm -hmm. back in her present, and it's ceremony night, and things aren't progressing like they're supposed to, because the commander, commander comes in before anybody else. Yeah, and he tries to connect with her, and she's like, this isn't right. He's breaking protocol. He's not supposed to be in here. You know, Serena's going to have a fit. And even Serena's like, oh, well, someone's an early bird. And he, he's like, oh, I just wanted to say hello. And, you know, he asks her if he if she wants to have a Scrabble rematch later. And then he can't get it up when the ceremony time comes. And even Serena tries to help. And Oh, he pushed like, her away. He, yeah, and, like, they, it, you can kind of tell that they crave and miss the, the intimacy that they once had as husband and wife. But when, like, she tries to, like, do unbutton pants and stuff to, like, help, he's like, no, 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 pushes her away uh, and then offered his sense away. He literally uh, then, leaves her on her knees. Yep. And I was like, holy crap. Yep. And so Alfred figures it out. He needs that connection with her in order to do this. Which I was really disturbed with that because, again, uh-huh. you're there with your freaking wife. Yeah. And I don't feel like he's going to turn his wife out. No. So it's like, oh, what's happening? But here's my other question that I had for you. Mm-hmm. Is the bedroom that they're in for the ceremony strictly for the ceremony? Because the bed seems a certain height and, like, a certain length. It doesn't seem like it's a normal bed and everything to me. I think they use the same bedroom. It's dual purpose. But I do think, yes, the beds are designed with the ceremony in mind. Cause, because everything in this society is designed around this ceremony and, you know, any woman who is fertile should be impregnated kind of ideas and here's how we're going to do it. And they've repurposed high schools and turned them into red centers and things like that. So I do believe they only have the one bedroom. 
And I, I want to say in the book, it's mentioned that, you know, it's their shared bedroom, but during the ceremony, it's her domain, and that's why he has to knock before he enters. And so him coming in early is a total break because that, like, takes away the wife's control. Okay. Yeah, because she was looking at him kind of side-eyed. Yeah, she did not like it whatsoever. Well, after Alfred is sent away, and she goes back into her closet, like, right away, she just keeps going in the closet. Look at what it yep. says. And then she's like, My- Moira wouldn't put up with this shit. Nope. So she gets up and goes down to the office, knocks on his yep. door so they can play Scrabble. Yep. And she asks him, hey, do you know Latin? Um, c- can you translate for me? And we find out it means don't let the bastards grind you down. But he was really interested in how she heard that. And she kind of played it off as to, oh, um, a friend. A friend said it or, you know, yeah. And I thought that was. That was weird because he just kind of, you can see his face change just slightly. Mm-hmm. And he's already kind of realized that she's she's smarter than a, a lot of women. She is intelligent. We do find out what happened to the other Offred. She had to ask him twice because first she's like, oh, she died. And she's like, what happened to her? Yeah, he was reluctant to talk about it. And so finally he did. Finding out that she hung herself. In the closet, I think, is why Rita freaked out. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, well, her she must have thought her life unbearable. And she's like, is that why you're doing this for me, so my life's bearable? Yeah. And I was like, come on, though. And at that point, she realizes she has power to ask for something. Right. So she can manipulate him, saying that she doesn't want to give up. Uh, right. And the next day, we see her walking to the store. Yep. Nick kind of smiles. Serena's all judgy from the window. Yep. And then she says as she's walking, Your handmaid. Yes. And then the title, which of course I'm going to not get that right. It's okay, Bastardes, Carborundurum, Bitches. <laughs> I love that that's how they ended it. I loved it. I was just like, yes. I was like slow clapping at that point, standing on the coffee table. <laughs> I loved it. And. Yes, the fact that she's found that she has some power, and this is a good thing, in my opinion. So, at least with this commander, because who knows? We don't know where she was before and what things were Mm -hmm. like. So, hopefully we'll see a lot more of this. Exactly. And this is the first time I feel like the Handmaids, and and in particular, Alfred, realizes that, hey we do actually have some power in this world, and then we just have to learn how to use it. And that kind of takes us to my next point. So, looking around on Hulu, I found that they have an official Twitter, which of course Mm -hmm. they do. Most shows do, right? At Handmaids on Hulu. But their hashtag for everything is maids. Hashtag M-A-I-D-E-Z. So, if you go on, there's all, you can follow them, of course. They do a lot of giveaways on here. Ooh, she gets made easy. I think it's for the spelling. Maids. Maids. Made easy. I don't know. No, you have me all wonky. You're throwing me off. But they do giveaways. They have artwork. They've done books. They have, which I really want one of these, is an awesome shirt with this title on it. And it has a hoodie on it, so it looks like the oh like the wings. I, I, I so want that. I know. It looks great. Uh, so if you're listening, obviously go on follow them if you're watching the show. 
because a lot of people are tweeting it as they're yep. watching. Because as I watched this episode, I happened to look, and there was, like, a ton of people who were watching it at the same time, talking about different things that were said in this episode. Mm-hmm. So I loved it. And so make sure you go. And then you just see general, like, artwork, people who've done cosplay. It's really cool. And you can follow them on Facebook. Um, I'm looking at a picture right now that somebody did a Barbie made up like a handmade. It just makes me think of those weird Barbies they had a few years back that my daughter really wanted at the time. I'm like, oh, hell no, where, like, Barbie's pregnant and you pop the stomach off and you pull the baby out and then she has a nice little flat stomach that slides down. I don't know if you noticed, too, on that Barbie one. It said, of Ken. Of Ken. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm, like, dying over here. Like, I want them to make this now. It's weird. It's (laughs) awesome. So make sure you check them out just because it's the official Twitter. Why not? Because you're watching it now anyway, right? Exactly. All right. So obviously you found us. We are Fangirl Zone. Everything is on www.fangirlzone.com, our whole contact list where you can get us. Jennifer has not been tweeting this. It's a little more difficult tweeting it when it's like something that drops on Yeah, I kind of suck at Twitter, and I'm trying to get better at it. I used to be, like, super good at it, and then I stopped for a while. I'm getting back into it, but I am Jennifer9, and the 9 is spelled with the number 9, I-N-E, like Hollow 9, the Hollow 9 Network, where I do some podcasting. So make sure you follow Jennifer, and we are FGZ Podcast. But we really hope we hear from you. I want to know what you guys think about these episodes, so drop us a line. At it is fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com. This is amazing. Hopefully, we can, you know, connect with Handmaids on Hulu and get some more information. Like, that would be awesome. How you can win oh, those price tags that out. Wasn't there a demonstration featured in the news in, in a state? Like state legislation where women went dressed as handmaid's tale, like in, in handmade cosplays to like. Yes, was, and I think I put it up on our Facebook page because I can't remember. It was like in Ohio or yes, something. Yes, it was. We're like going to defund Planned Parenthood or something like that. And so in protest, they all went dressed as handmaids and sat in the front row. And I think a lot of them are like, what's going on? So yeah, it, it was really interesting. And this is really spreading. Because mm-hmm. it started with South by Southwest, just their promotion. And yep. then I think it was actually down in Texas because there's a lot of a lot of legislation going on down there, which we won't get into. But yeah. you had a lot of women dressed like handmaids there and you're seeing it just here and there. It's like trying to make a statement. It's very it's a powerful statement, but it's quiet mm-hmm. and peaceful. Yes. And unfortunately there's still a lot of people that don't have a clue. So I guess we'll find out how well this works so this episode awesome loved it hope you guys loved it too can't wait to talk to you guys all about more so for episode four of handmaid's tale i'm sean fangirl s and i'm jennifer and until next time